Good evening, everyone. Hello. It's great to be with you this evening. It's, as we've heard, it's the 2nd of Jan. You all know that. First church of 2022. All of you guys first, well, apart from this morning, they win. But if you're here in the building, if you're here online, you know, it's your, maybe your first church of 2022. And um, it's, it's a new start, you know. It's the start of a new year. It's a year for a new start. And I wonder how many of you have made some New Year's resolutions in the past couple of days. What, why don't you take 10 seconds, talk to someone near to you, tell them if you made a New Year's resolution. Um, if not, why not? Have a little chat. Okay. Now, I wonder how many of you reckon that if I asked you in a week's time, next Sunday, whether you've stuck to it, how many of you think, I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up, but, you know, some of you may not make it, I'm not going to lie, it's, it's kind of notoriously difficult to keep New Year's resolutions. People talk about this, the second uh, Friday of January being the, the time when most people break that habit when they give up, when it just all becomes too much. Um, some people may have even made New Year's resolutions yesterday and broken them already. Um, I'm not, again, not going to ask you to admit it, but maybe some people online might have done that, I don't know. But um, I've, I've only really got one success story from a New Year's resolution. All my other ones have probably failed or fizzled out. But um, in January 2020, Maddie and I, we, we did Veganuary. But I'm going I'm to save this story for a bit later because I don't want to be that vegan who talks about it within the first five minutes of the conversation. I'll save it for a little bit later, but it is a good one. But even if you're not the kind of person who makes New Year's resolutions, even if that's not kind of how you work, I think for each of us this time of year, it's, it's a time when we kind of take stock of what's come before, what the past year has been like, and we look forward to, to who we want to be in the next year. You know, we think about the things we want to do, the goal we achieve. Um, how can we live better? How can we live more intentional lives? I think all of us are in a, a similar place of kind of reflection on that, whether, whether consciously or subconsciously at the moment. So it's in this context that we're, we're starting a kind of a little new mini-series at church called Why Church? And we're, we're thinking about these practices that we can do together as church that we want to take into the, the new year. We want to take them into 2022. Practices that shape us and form us together. And so in the next couple of weeks, others will be asking these why questions about uh, prayer and team. But today, I'm going to be exploring why should we read the Bible? Why should we care about this old book written by broken people in a world that's so different to ours today? Some of us might have never considered reading the Bible. Other of us may have this kind of this sense of duty, this responsibility towards reading the Bible from somewhere. But whatever your attitude is, wherever you come from, whatever you know about the Bible or don't know, I want to offer us this evening a, a maybe a bigger vision for what this book can be to us, what scripture, what God's word can be for us. I've, I've seen a thousand-year-old verse from this thousand-year-old book turn someone's life around, turn many people's lives around. Just one word from this kind of dusty old thing can transform lives, towns, cities, countries. It's powerful. It's alive. It's real. 
and there's, there's so much more to the Bible that I can, than I can get in this kind of 20-minute talk. But what I feel like God wants to say to us this evening is this. There's lots, of, there's lots of R's. Are you ready? So reading the Bible, it's much less of a religious responsibility. And it's much more of a response to revelation and relationship. It's much less of a responsibility and much more of a response. Because the power of God's word, you know, because in this book we, we experience Christ, we, we find Jesus we must choose to immerse ourselves in it. We must, but, but our starting place is response, not responsibility. It's from that place that you know, we, can, we can make these resolutions to, to read it more. We can commit to these patterns of daily reading of, of scripture. We can commit to communities where we kind of center ourselves around the Bible. And we'll get onto that. We'll get onto the how of reading the Bible a little bit later. But I wanna start with the why. Why should we read the Bible in the first place? And the Bible is, is the world's best-selling book, week in, week out. That's a pretty good reason. It's been translated over 2,000 times, so many different languages and versions. It's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous enough to be illegal in some places. You can't buy it. You can't transport it. It's, it's powerful. It's important enough. to. It's inspired such a big chunk of our Western society today. Um, our, our morality, our government, our, our ideas of love and relationships, like so much of that is actually inspired by this old book. But I want to suggest that none of these are actually the best reason that we should be reading our Bibles. I believe it's this. It, it reveals God to us, to me, to you, and it allows us to have a personal relationship with him. This is true for us today, but it was also true for the person who wrote Psalm 119 all those years ago. Um, it was written maybe 3,000 years ago, I think, um, and that, that was a passage we heard earlier. We heard a small snippet from it. It was verses 25 to 32, and this psalm, it, it's all about God's word. All the words, there were some strange ones in there, like decrees and precepts, instructions and regulations, but they're all versions of the same kind of root word in the Hebrew. It's Torah, and it means, it means the Holy Scriptures. It means God's word, his teachings to us, um, God's words to his people. And so we can almost imagine that kind of instead of those words, for, for us today, it's talking about Scripture. It's talking about the Bible. It's what we can read when we open up our book, when we open up our apps. Um, and so I just want to go through this kind of, again, a little bit verse by verse to just remind ourselves of the wonder of the Bible and this is from the NLT version, so it's a little bit differently. Um, but I think there's a beautiful bit of poetry that kind of really speaks to me in this. Um, so verse 25. I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. God's word revives us. I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. God speaks to us. He, he guides us. He, he teaches us. Help me understand the meaning of your commandments. I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. We, we see what he's done for us in our lives today, in, in scripture, in history. Wonderful deeds, miracles, answered prayers. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. We can find encouragement in times of deepest sadness. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Helps us to know ourselves in the face of a world that tries to tell us who we are. It helps us to know who we are. 
I've chosen to be faithful. I've determined to live by your regulations. God tells us how to live. I cling to your laws. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. I will pursue your commands for you expand my understanding. God, through his word, he, he honors us. He doesn't let us face shame and he expands our understanding. And I, I don't know about you, but one thing that really stands out to me when I read this is that it's full of verbs. It's full of these doing words, you know, reviving, teaching, encouraging, listening, living, directing. They're, they're all doing words. And that's because God's word is active and it's powerful. And, you know, dead things can't do stuff. Dead things don't do verbs. God's word is alive and it's real. The, the first verse of this passage, um, it's, it's been a prayer that I think I must have said it a hundred times in the past, like, I don't know, 10 years of being a Christian. Um, and it's in times of feeling distance from God, those, those times when faith doesn't feel easy, doesn't feel like a walk in the park or a walk on the beach. Um, and it's, it's this, I, I lie in the dust. When I feel like I'm in a dry place, I lie in the dust. I pray, revive me by your word. This is opening ourselves up to him. It's being real with him. It's being honest with him about where we're at. And God's okay with that. And then it's asking him to work in us through his word. If this has been a dry month for you, maybe it's even been a dry pandemic for you. If you feel like you're kind of lying in the dust, you feel like you're in this dry place spiritually, you want to you wanna feel alive again. God wants to revive you by his word this year. Revive me by your word, God. Now, how would you feel if someone said to you, you have no responsibility to read your Bible? I'm not necessarily saying that, but just how, how does that sit with you? Some of you might feel relieved. You might feel like a, a sense of weight off your shoulders. Like, oh, I don't have to read my Bible. Others might feel angry. There might be this kind of sense of duty that as, as good Christians, we, we have to read our Bibles. It might have been kind of taught to us by our parents or church leaders instilled in us. And whilst I don't quite agree with that kind of black and white statement about responsibility, I think it's helpful for us to, to check in with our attitude towards the Bible and realize that if a sense of kind of religious responsibility is our, our starting place for reading the Bible, we're we're missing something. And I want to I want to suggest that there's a better way that our reading of the Bible is is our response to the revelation and the relationship that we find there. In it we meet God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We we learn who he is. We learn what he's about. We we see that he created through love. And and in love he he chose to give us the option to kind of walk away from him. But then we see his great plan for salvation. We see it starting in the Old Testament and we see it climaxing in Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. We discover that we can know Jesus today. We can live life to the full with him, starting now, lasting forever. This is all there in God's word. And it's much less of a responsibility that we have to do and so much more of a response to what we see and what we find there. I want to use... Um, it's an imperfect metaphor, but it, it's a helpful metaphor. Um, I'd like you to picture your best friend. Um, 
I've had a bet few best friends over the years, um, but at the moment it's my wife, Maddie, and I'm pretty certain that no matter how good any future bromances are, I think she's got the top spot. But you picture the person you're closest to. Um, what is your motivation to spend time with that person? What is your motivation to experience things together, to go on trips, to go for coffee? What's your motivation to, to do nice things for them, to, to treat them, to spend money on them? I don't sit there and think, oh, I've, I've got to go for coffee with Maddie because it's, it's my responsibility as her husband, as her best friend. I don't kind of think, oh, in 2022, I must get to know my wife better. Like, it's just, it's what I have to do. It's my duty. I, we, we do these things as a, as a response. We do these things as a response to, to revelation and relationship. We see something in people and we want to spend time with them and get to know them better. And it's similar with the Bible. The, the Bible is the primary way that we can get to know God and hear his voice. And we're not born with like this, this innate responsibility to read it. It's, it's a response to what God has first done for us. And as we get to know him through it, we want to know him more and more. And I once heard someone summarize this beautifully in a sentence. Um, he said, I read the Bible because it has become my daily spiritual food and I really enjoy the meal times. And as we move on to the, the how of reading the Bible, I think this kind of, this image of meals and food is, is, it can be quite a helpful image to keep in mind. And I'm not sure that anyone would say like, okay, although I love food, it's, it's a bit legalistic to have it every day. You know, you don't kind of sit there thinking, yeah, I like food, but the idea of meals, it's just a bit too structured for me. Like, you know, the same time every day, three times a day, it's just, it's a bit much. It's, it's quite the opposite of that. The, the framework of, of meal times, it, it's a plan for knowing when we're going to enjoy food. We can, we can look forward to it. We, we know we're going to get fed. Um, and it, it's kind of the same with the Bible. We know that the Bible is this, this good and powerful and life-giving book, but we still have this question of, how are we going to make sure we get it in us regularly? How are we going to get our Bible meals? In Psalm 119, which we, we read just a small part of it earlier, I think we read seven verses, but it's 176 verses long. It's, it's the longest chapter of the Bible, and its sole purpose is to reiterate again and again the, the majesty of God's word. It does this through the actual content of it. We read some of it earlier, but it's also expressed through the, just the sheer length of it and the, the structure of the psalm itself. So you, kind of, you don't get it in the English, but how it was written is it's basically one massive acrostic poem to show how important God's word is. I, I feel like some of the gravity of this is lost on us because I associate acrostic poems with like year five English lessons, but it's, it's much less like you know, English homework, and it's much more like this kind of poetic symphony that is, is just there for the purpose of giving God glory and, and trying to express the, like, the, the importance and the power of his word. It, it contains 22 paragraphs. It's got one for each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and then within each of those paragraphs, there's, there's eight lines, and all of them start with that letter. Imagine, imagine trying to do that with our alphabet. You kind of, you start with A, B, C, you've got eight lines of each of them, and like, maybe you're thinking, you know, I could, I could do a job. But then imagine when you get to Q, 
And it's kind of, it's downhill from there. I think there's no coming back once you try to do it with Q. So I thought I'd channel kind of a bit of the Psalm 119 spirit and um, finish the talk talking about how to read the Bible with a bit of a version of an acrostic. If it's good enough for the guy who wrote the Psalm, it's good enough for me. But I'll let you decide whether it's more kind of year five homework or poetic symphony. Um, but let's have a look at my easy ABC of how to read the Bible in 2022. So the first thing is to actually do it. There it is. I want to start this one by saying I'm preaching to myself here, okay? I can't tell you the amount of times that I've set my alarm early, got up, got a coffee, sat down in my chair, opened my Bible, and then woken up 30 minutes later. Like, there's, there's grace verse with that. That's, that's been the reality so many times for me. But in light of those failures, let's, let's, look at, let's go back to one of my successes. The, uh, I talked earlier about the, the New Year's resolution that went well for me, the January 2020. So we're going back two years, and Maddie and I had been, we'd been thinking about going vegan for a while. And we'd kind of watched all the documentaries, we'd chatted to friends about it, we'd, other people had been like, yeah, give it a go, it's great. Um, and we'd, we'd kind of thought about it, but it wasn't until we actually heard about Veganuary as a thing, just a month of giving it a go, um, that we moved from, we kind of moved from deliberating about it to talking about doing it, to actually doing it. And somehow, kind of two years later, we're still going with it. Like Maddie's even got an Instagram page about plant-based food. She loves it, underscore plant-based Mads. Um, it's serious. And as I was writing this talk, I was kind of thinking about this. And I just, I began to, I tried to reflect on like, why did this one stick? Like, what was it about this that, that helps it kind of last more than the, the 14 days before you kind of break the habit? One factor was definitely doing it with Maddie, you know, having, having someone else to hold you accountable and to encourage you, there's definitely value in that. But my reflection was that the, the main reason was my focus was less about what I was doing and it was more about who I wanted to be. It, it was less about kind of what I was gonna do and more about the person that I wanted to be. And what I mean by this is that the reason that we did this veganuary thing is, um, you know, we wanted to be people that cared for the environment more, be people who cared for the environment more. And the means by which we did that was to go plant-based, to go vegan. The, the, the other thing was like, I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to sort out my awful digestive system, get that sorted. And I, I discovered that veganism was like, was the, a way that that was gonna happen. It was the means that I was able to achieve that and be that person that I wanted to be. And it was, it was these things, it was this bigger vision that that's what kept me going when it was hard. That's what kept me going past the two weeks. Um, I wasn't sitting there thinking, kind of the, thinking about the daily, the day-to-day -day routines of being vegan, like, oh, not eating this cheese and the lovely, lovely bacon. Like, I, I wasn't thinking about those things. I, I was kept going by the fact that I was like, okay, this is who I want to be and this is how I get there. And so... I'm not, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to stand here and say, kind of, you must read your Bible for 30 minutes a day, or you must not miss a day of Bible in one year. I'm, I'm also not going to tell you, like, you know, oh, just do it for five minutes, that's enough. I'm not going to say any of those things. But all I'm asking is, who do we want to be this year? Who do we want to be in 2022? Do you want to be someone who's, who's full of life, who's connected with God, 
who's guided and encouraged by his spirit. Then find a way to, to read your Bible daily. Actually do it. Reading the Bible is it's a means by which you can become that person. A, t- a tip from me, this isn't necessarily like from the Bible passage or anything, but for me what's worked is doing it in the morning. Um, you might sometimes fall asleep for 30 minutes in your chair, yes, but there's something powerful about it being the first thing you do in the day. You know, before you look at your phone, before your emotions are set by what you read in the news, before your identity is shaped by social media and comparison, before your, your emails and your to-do list sets your agenda, let God in. Through his word, let him speak, let him revive, let him encourage. And this leads us nicely onto the next letter, B. And kind of Laura, Laura set us up nicely for this earlier. Bible in one year. But this is really about, it's about kind of a plan to fulfill the vision of who you want to be. And Bible in one year is, is a great way of doing that. I want you to, at this point, physically get your phones out. It's rare to hear this from the front of church, get your phones out. So get your phone out, please. Um, if you've, I think we've got a next slide. I, there was a really great slide earlier when it was the notices. I've kind of made my own bodge job of, of what it is, but this is, this is the Bible in the Year app. Um, it looks like that. Go, go to your app store and search it and download it. If you've got it already, get it open. We'll have a look at it. Um, but just get it. Or there's, a, there's another one called version where there's loads of different um, Bible plans that you can get on there as well. Um, there's also... Lectio 365, I think, which is a great one as well, slightly different flavor. Um, but th- these kind of things, it it's, it's gives you a structure and it gives you a plan to, to, to read your Bible. Every day there's a little, um, you know, you've got your three Bible passages. Um, you've also got Nicky Gumbel, who's a really wise guy, kind of speaking it. Um, there's different editions. There's classic, there's youth, there's express. Laura, did you say you were going for the express one? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Each their own. I was going to say that maybe the people who go for the express one missed Josh's talk a few weeks ago about slowing down and getting rid of busyness. But it's like you've got to do what you've got to do. And if that's what gets the Bible into you, then, then that's great. Um, do what works for you. I think the next, the next slide is um, we got by, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kanye West does it. Um, this is from his Twitter at some point. I don't know who Andre is, but he seems like a good bloke. Um, and this is, this is on the, I think this is on the version app of the Bible. So you can actually do Bible in one year on there. You can do it with friends. So you can kind of like encourage each other and see how everyone's getting on. Um, and yeah, it kind of, that helps. It's great to do it with other people. Um, and that leads us nicely onto the next letter, which is C, community. Um, the Bible is so important for us individually it's it's so important for our personal faith our devotion to Jesus it's it's also key that we're plugged into a community that is centered around the bible and that's what church is it's a community that comes together it's people children of god um, who come together around the bible around his word around god and that's so important and i think this point is hammered home by a story from my teenage years and so I'd, I'd just become a Christian, I was 15, and there was classic kind of youth group. There was a girl that I fancied, of course there was, um, quite a lot, but I basically, I wasn't too sure if pursuing it was the right thing. 
okay? Um, not sure that we'd be a good fit, not sure we kind of work together. Um, so you thought, I kind of thought, you know what, I've, I've just become a Christian. Um, the right thing to do is to ask God about it, you know? That's what, that's what he's there for, asking for some guidance, like the Bible tells me he's gonna guide me. Um, so that's what I did. Now, I've done a term, one term of Bible college, and if I've learned one thing, it's that it's not a great idea to ask a question, flick through the Bible, and just stick your finger in there and take that as you answer a random verse. But I was a hormonal 15-year-old, a romantic 15-year-old. I was not aware of that. So that's exactly what I did. I flicked through my Bible. I said, God, should I go for it with this girl? Flick through my Bible. Bam. Here we go. This is what came back. It's Proverbs 3. 16 to 17, and it says this. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All of her ways are satisfying. And I read that and I took that as a big fat yes from God. I was like, I, I, was, I stepped up my pursuit. I was like, you know what, this is, I'm onto something here. Um, but after a few weeks, you know, things move quickly when you're 15. After a few weeks, I realized that this was just not on. Like, it, it was an awful idea. We weren't compatible. It just wasn't working out. And I started to ask those questions. Like, where does that leave me and God? Because I've, I've very clearly read it in the Bible, and the Bible's not wrong. So, like, what's gone wrong there? But actually, what, what had happened was that the Bible wasn't wrong. Of course it wasn't. But my use and my understanding of it was... And I kind of shared these concerns with some older, wiser Christians at the time. And they kind of, they told me that actually this passage from Proverbs, it's not talking about your potential youth group girlfriend. It's, it's talking about wisdom and good judgment. That's the irony of it. It's talking about good judgment. If I'd have read five verses later, it says this, my child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. That's what I needed. <laughs> um, so yes, the, the Bible gives us, we, we, can, we can have this personal relationship with Jesus through the Bible. It contains all that we need to find Jesus, to know him, to experience him, to live with him. But I sure needed some help interpreting it, knowing how to read it and knowing how to understand it. And I think, well, I know that we all do. We all need that. So church, let's, let's talk to each other about what we're reading in the Bible. In, pub after church in the coffee time before when we get that back let's let's talk to each other in our in our groups if you're not in a group join a group chat about the bible um with mentors with friends let's just talk about the bible and let, let's be open to the insight of others in response i needed that insight before pursuing it but i got it after if only i would have spoken to people instead of just flicking through the bible and putting my finger in there god might even just use what you've read to kind of speak life into someone else. That's the beauty of it. God, God spoke through broken people when he actually wrote the Bible. The Bible's God-breathed, but through broken people. And he uses us broken people to, to kind of speak to each other today. So let's normalize talking about the Bible with each other. Let's ask each other for Bible verses. You know, if you, if you read something in the Bible and you think, oh, this person needs to hear that, that would encourage them. Like, be brave enough to send them a text or a voice note about it. That, that kind of, that one little brave action can, can offer someone, like, all that God's word has, all the stuff we spoke about earlier, the, the life, the encouragement, the comfort, the teaching, the guiding. We can be a part of that. But in order to do that, we, 
We actually need to be reading it ourselves. Kind of goes back to the first one, actually doing it, reading the whole Bible, like reading it in community. Um, that's what this is all about. So let's, let's not do a spiritual dry January this year. Instead, how about this for a, a personal and, and a church kind of New Year's resolution? To, to immerse ourselves in God's living word, being revived, shaped and grown and sharing in that with those around us. Immersing ourselves in God's living word through doing it, through practice, through community and being revived, shaped and grown in that and sharing that with those around us. Why don't I pray if you'd like to join me. God, thank you that you, you love us and you cared for us so much that you, you literally wrote down your word and gave it to us. God, thank you that we, we don't have to kind of rely on anything airy-fairy or like we, we don't have to kind of beg and beg you to speak, God. You have spoken. We have your word. And God, we just, we open ourselves up to you now. We say we want to be immersed in your word. We want to be guided by you. We want to be revived by you. Some of you might want to pray, God, I, I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. Others might want to pray, I've been weeping with sorrow. God, encourage me by your word. God, wherever, wherever we're at, you want to speak to us each individually through your word this evening. And not just tonight, but throughout the whole of 2022, you're not going to run out of things to say to us. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Would you be speaking to us now? Would you be prompting things in our minds? Would you be leading us where you want us to go? Would you be pointing us towards people, a community who are going to support us in that?